0: Saying Tigre Campeon for the first time ever, welcome to Hand of Pod. gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Hand The Pod episode 441. Congratulations to any Tigre fans who are listening. If you're not a Tigre fan and you've not um, been keeping up to date with the results at the weekend, then I've just spoiled the main one for you. But
1: it's kind of our gonna, job, right? Then? You're going to find
0: yeah. out in the next few minutes anyway, uh, if you are particularly weird and like to listen to Hand The Pod without knowing what the scores are. Um, I'm Sam Kelly and you've just heard the voice of English, Dan. Hello and welcome. And Boris is also joining us this week. Hello
1: and also welcome.
0: Um, if you can hear a bit of echoiness in the recording, um, as you might have done last week as well, I apologise. As you know, I've just moved flat. We're recording in English Dan's living room, uh, but the um, sort of foam cover for the microphone that I normally use has <laughs> got lost somewhere in the move. I've not been able to track it down yet, so it might just sound a little bit boomy. I apologise. Um, actually, I've just realised I can turn the microphone down a bit. Genius. Get rid of some of that. Wonderful. Uh, Handapod is, of course, sponsored by Fanatiz. Our regular listeners are aware of that. That agreement is going on pause now that the season, the Argentine domestic season, is over. So, if you're one of the people who really you know, cares about how well we're doing, then don't worry about the fact that we're not advertising them this week. If you want to show your support for us, then of course you can still go to hop. Uh, no, no, sorry, to fntz.co/hop. Um, just hold off on the signing up uh, using our discount code. For like a month or a month and a half after the Copa America, we will hopefully be getting going with them again. Um, (coughs) Results then from the weekend just gone. The main one was in the Copa Superliga final in Córdoba, where Tigre got a 2-0 victory over Boca
2: Juniors. Shocking the football world. Or at least Sam Kelly, who had predicted a Boca win, which kind of hinted that Tigre were going to do it. I wouldn't say that I was
0: actually shocked. Um, but it was a bit surprising to see um, Boca as such heavy favourites in a big showpiece match and not be able to come through, particularly given that, in some ways, it was the best performance they'd put in, certainly of the
2: Copa Superliga. Um, it was, you know, nice yeah, sport. it was a performance kind weeks. of uncharacteristic of of everything we've seen under Alfaro, really, because all this time they've looked extremely strong at the back, given up very few goals and... Their main problems have been in getting goals and creating anything, approaching a decent chance. This time, the defence uh, failed, I guess, yeah, is the only way to say Tigre scored twice in the first half, right? Yes. Uh, through Federico Gonzalez, who uh, snuck one in at Esteban Andrade's near post, when Andrade really should have done better. And right at the end of the half, it was Lucas Hansen who stepped up to convert the penalty he had won himself. And I don't think there was that much discussion about the the penalty rep. It looked fairly fairly set to me. There was
0: no discussion about about the foul. There was a bit of discussion about the build-up. Because at first, people thought that, uh, in particular, of course, Boca thought that Federico Gonzalez uh, might have been offside. It took the television people a very, very long time to give us a decent replay, frozen frame with a line drawn across the pitch to show that, in fact, it was level. Um, and then even after that, there was some claims that there was a
2: handball or something in the yes, yeah, so, or company. a foul from Predicar, I think, or hmm. something, like uh, possibly, right? Yeah, yeah. The point was, after that, uh, Boca, uh, for once under El were obliged to come out and actually attack. And fair play to him, they they did it. They. They created a hell of a lot of chances, they just couldn't finish any of them. Dario Benedetto had a nightmare in front of goal, um, passing on to what has pretty much been a nightmare this entire Copa Superliga for, for the striker, who pretty much hit it anywhere except for between the two posts, including the posts and bar themselves, I think at least two or three times, if I can remember correctly. Um, but, uh, yeah, full credit to Tigre. They, they got up and they showed that they can see out a game, as they had done, of course, very well against Atletico Tucumán uh, in the round before. Not so well against Racing, where they'd let slip a two-goal lead in the second leg before, of course, coming back right at the death to go through 3-2. And, yeah, not a, it's a more positive way to... To end a relegation season Than than most clubs get I think we can agree
0: Mm, Indeed, yes Um, Although of course
2: We should mention that um, After the game Tigre made Quite a cheeky little bid To uh, to stay up I don't know how much You saw of this So yeah
0: (laughs) Néstor Gorosito Said something in the Post-match press conference Which appeared to have come From Tigre's directors Because they Subsequently said That this was a An affair. Um there was an article in the AFAS regulations saying that a team who win a championship
2: in a season can't be relegated. Kind of building on from what we mentioned at the start of the Copa Superliga in that there was briefly some confusion over whether it would be considered a cup tournament or a league tournament, if you remember. Yes,
0: indeed. Basically,
2: people not Which reading Which was resolved think halfway through the it. first game or something, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, it, it was it's a cup competition. It was always announced that it was going to be a cup competition. The confusion that Dan mentioned about the status in, in those terms was because they also announced a couple of days before it began that next year's Copa Superliga is going to be a league it's... competition and therein uh, lies the key. Reason that Tigre are not being given an exception for relegation because um, the regulation in question apparently, I'd never heard of this before, but apparently states that if you win a league
2: title during yeah, the season, well, then you can't Yeah, dates, I'm it. guessing, back, back from the old Apertura Clausura days yeah. never got put mm. in place because it's very hard to be champion and get they, relegated yeah, in so the same it never
0: occurred. I mean, I remember getting questions about that in the very early days of Hand of Pod, and we had no that, idea yeah. that such a oh, regulation existed. I mean, that's the closest the team would
2: have got, I'm guessing would have been oh well, I think that was over the calendar year not over a single season um, Diego Simeone's famous time famous year with River where he managed to get them champions and bottom in the same yeah in uh, subsequent tournaments and, um,
0: and that bottom place which in fact Simeone left four or five games before the end of that um, Apodora championship um, that was the the start of the snowball effect that then subsequently got, got River relegated because that turned out to be the first of the three seasons on the Promenade that, that put them down. Indeed. Uh, yes, not, But that reason. wouldn't have counted in the same championship. No, exactly, no. no. So was a, that was the, they won the Clausura and then finished yes. bottom of the following after Dora. So it was two different seasons
2: Indeed. as it were. Yes. Look, you know, I, I think if I were Di I would have done the same, you know. Yeah. <laughs> So no it's mean. always worth a try. Man, the f what goes on with? As, as indeed,
0: stuff? Just chuck it out there, see what happens. As indeed, Argentinos did. Uh, that's been overruled today. I, oh, I saw that claimed, in passing, but I didn't. Argentinos okay, claimed that as as the best finishing uh, Copa Superliga side who weren't already qualified because, of course, they were the uh, So Boca the losing finalists. So, no, let's go back. Tigre obviously as the winners, as we said last week, are in next year's Libertadores group stage. If they had been runners-up, then they wouldn't have been entitled to the Sudamericana spot. But there was that regulation saying that there's an exception if you get relegated while also winning the Libertadores, the Sudamericana, the Copa Argentina, or the Copa Superliga. Um, so they'll be in next year's group stage. Boca already qualified for the Libertadores via the um, league. Uh, so they don't use up the Sudamericana spot as runners-up of the Copa Superliga. Atletico Tucumán, of course, have also already qualified for the Copa um, Sudamericana via the league, and therefore they don't take that either. And so then there was some confusion about whether the extra spot that is left over because of the fact that the Copa Superliga runners-up Sudamericana spot isn't being used should go to Argentinos, who were the, let's say in inverted commas, highest-placed Copa Superliga side... Who hadn't Um, already qualified for something else. Who hadn't already qualified for something else. Or to Lanús, who are next down in the Superliga table. And this afternoon, um, as I think anybody uh, who had had a proper look at the regulations beforehand knew was going to happen anyway, um, the Superliga confirmed that that spot is going to Lanús, not to Argentinos. Andres, you were going to say something.
1: Yes, I I read a piece from Alejandro Gasar-Gonzalez, someone who you mention Mm -hmm. usually, uh, you used to mention here uh, from La Nación, saying that that uh, ticket claim that they shouldn't be relegated uh, comes from the Times of Rondon, of course, And but uh, I, I think he said that like, well, of course, uh, when he was uh, alive, everything that he said was done. Oh, even, that's right, I remember that, yes, sorry, carry on. Yeah. Yes, e- even when when there wasn't an, an article, but I think there wasn't an article, and mm. he said that like, like uh, well, if I say this, you have to do this, and and, and something like a, a statement that Icrona says says that something is done.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was more figurative than Siegring yes, perhaps uh,
2: understood it to be. That's why um, they said this. So it'll be interesting if that um, if that law stays in the regulations for next year when the two will actually be leaked.
0: Well, this this is the thing though, because what Andres mm. was saying, I was misremembering slightly earlier. That there was no such regulation. It was just a sort of Grandona one of his things like when he said todo pasa everything and everything passes, passes. this was another one of those you know teams who win championships don't go down which
1: fair enough but, which Tigre took to be a regulation and yeah. in fact but apart from that it was well, just common sense because <laughs> they don't intend to be but, relegated um, apart from that to be fair they, they, be, they were relegated before be, being the champions so uh, you first be, be mm-hmm. are relegated and then if you are the champions of okay, gates uh, but uh, it's not far for them to and you should uh, re- rearrange everything, I think, if, if that would that uh, was possible. Indeed. Uh, yeah. So it's, yes, practically impossible.
0: Now, the uh, Argentine broadcast media have rather predictably on, on Monday gave Tigre about 10 or 15 minutes of attention before spending several hours talking about how Boca could possibly rebuild. Um, and so here on Hand of Pod, I would like to give some actual time to Tigre not talking about their board directors rather optimistically trying to get them unrelegated um, but to talk about their actual performance because I thought they were really good I thought that they were it's it's often the case that you know knockout tournaments aren't necessarily won by the best team in the tournament because of the way that knockout football works but in this case I think quite indisputably Gray were the best team throughout the Coppa Superliga I've Yeah I don't, think there's, I don't
1: think there's any argument really about that and um I think that it comes from the from when uh, Cristian Levesma was the coach and they played not like this but similarly in uh, trying to play well uh, uh, play well but not the, with the results. And then Mariano Chevaria was the former defender mm-hmm. from Tigre who was in, in charge. And I remember the match in which he called he he resigned that uh, they drew 4-4. I don't remember whom Come with Banfield. With Banfield. Ah but that was against Banfield. Okay. And French. he said, Well, if I am fighting not to be relegated and I score four goals and I don't win, I must I must live. But they still played like similarly to the to the way that he's playing right now. Then with Gorosito they finally found a way to score more goals and not not consider that, that much goals like they did against uh, Banfield problem was
2: it came six months or a year too late to be brutally honest uh, Tigre had players before before Gorosito came in but I don't I don't know what happened like the first half of this Superliga at least was absolutely diabolical they were I any mean, boys
0: in terms of staying up it, arguably the, the switch to Gorosito came I mean as I, as I kind of said at the end of the Superliga season maybe just a game or two like because if they got a couple more points then it would have been enough to keep them up mm. um but yeah it's it's a shame it's obviously we're not going to go on about the promedios and what a ridiculous system they are again um, because we've talked about that a fair bit during Tigres wonderful Copa Superliga run Um, but it's just without really changing the playing personnel too much I mean I'm looking at the the players who were the starting 11 in God first game in charge which was the 2-0 away win over Rosario Central Marinelli in goal Alexis Nisa, at right back Gerardo Alcoba, Néstor Moirachi; uh, Lucas Rodríguez Sebastián Prediger; Lucas Menossi, Lucas Hanson, Walter Montillo Nicolás Colasso and Federico González and let's re- uh, just compare that really quickly with Mariano Echeverria starting 11 in his last game in charge. Marinelli okay, Matías Pérez started at right back instead of uh, the other bloke, but Alcoba is at centre back, Ignacio Canuto, Rodríguez at left back, Menossi. E. Rodriguez in midfield, so that's a difference there. And But the front four are the same. Uh, you've got four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight players from the 11 are, are same, identical. Yeah. The formation is, is very similar. The kind of football they were trying to play is similar. What Gorosito did more than anything is tighten up the defence for, for all of the... Yeah,
2: just stop them letting in four goals yeah, again, really. I
0: mean, for all of the attractive football that they've played, and it's obviously much easier for, for you to play genuinely attractive football when you know that you can trust the guys at the she
1: back a bit more. He apparently introduced... Um, or including uh, Diego Morales uh, mm. they are, who is another playmaker along with Montillo. that perhaps is, is uh, uh, the most important difference, but then uh, yes it's quite similar yeah
0: um, yeah Mor- Morales has come in uh, I would say more as a bit part player he's, he's tended to be a, a substitution rather than um, yeah, I planned a yeah plan the last a few things. but obviously as, as you say he was he was frequently on the bench but frequently not really getting any time or, or very much time at all um, under Echeverria So it is remarkable and it I'm reminded of what Nestor Gorosito said after the I think it was after the first leg against Atletico Tucuman in the semi-final the 5-0 win mm-hmm. where he went in front of the cameras about 2 minutes after full time and you'd have expected him to be you know delirious with joy and everything <laughs> and and he went you know guys it's not complicated football's a pretty simple game really yeah um and that's <laughs> that, that, that's what he's making it look like it, it's, it's, uh... yes.
1: and after winning the title uh, he didn't look much happier mm-hmm. much happier than that uh, time and uh, of course he started to make more philosophical discussion with the how is the country because of the, the he, he he complained of, uh, after uh, against the, the ones who look for the advantage easily and, and that and and, and he's not a, a better coach because he won the title and i think he's because winning a title against with tigre uh, is something that perhaps well the proof is that after 116 uh, years that, that, uh, he's what the one who won the title
0: yeah uh, uh tigre have won third division and second division titles before but they've never won anything at sort of top level um, until sunday and in fact slightly surprisingly but maybe not when you consider some of the teams that he's managed or practically all the teams he's managed Um, it was Gorosito's first trophy as a manager oh yeah first job was in for Nueva Chicago in 2002 so in 17 years uh, he has finally won his first trophy but his other clubs have included San Lorenzo in 2003-2004 they were pretty strong back then but not tearing up trees Lanús Rosario Central Argentinos Juniors River in 2009 is probably about the the highest the expectations would have been Xerez in Spain Argentinos again, Tigre Argentinos again, Almeria in Spain San Martín de San Juan so I mean, apart from River there are none of those teams where you'd really think that the manager would have been under massive amounts of pressure to to win a trophy
2: but then you'd also say that if he had won trophies then he would have gone to bigger teams than Xerez and Argentina four times as well, mm. it works both ways I'm guessing mm. Yeah, no, he's a character. He's always, he always comes across a, a very likable chap with his, his very unique, um, unique look, at least in the twenty first century. Yes, and yeah, Might good flag for the mullet, indeed. Still, I think if nothing else, this um, this cup, well, I think, It's most important value to Tigre will be as an incentive to to keep the team together and maybe bring a few players in because it's never easy. To to rally players to go to drop down a division. Yeah, we mentioned, but perhaps with the promise of a uh, Libertadores campaign in the first half of two thousand and twenty, and then. Well,
0: we, meant, we mentioned last week that Walter Monticho has signed a two-year contract um, extension, so he's definitely staying. Uh, there are some other. I think Diego Morales might have made a, a sound or two, but I'm just I'm trying to check the news really quickly now for Tigre. Um, I
1: think Hansen might be out or Minossi one of the two. Oh, I thought at least one of them is going to be on the way Minossi will sure. for sure uh, have offers to leave uh, I think that the Cachese wanted him for Independiente uh, so yes I, I think that if not abroad he will uh, he may leave to a, a bigger team in Argentina mm. <clears throat> yeah uh, I'm struggling to find any other confirmation
0: that any of the other players have have renewed or have said that they're definitely staying just yet
1: but we're we'll obviously but if Monticio stayed he's 35 37 37 sorry uh, and Grosito stays well that's perhaps an example for the others to try to go up and it's that's uh, apart from uh, I think for for these players to be the champions of Copa Superliga and then uh, prom- be promoted to the first division again would be a, gr- a great great. Uh, price I think Oh, I apologise Andres he is 35
0: I don't know where I got 37 oh. from uh, yeah in, indeed it would um, good overall Tigre deserved winners congratulations to them now let's spend half an hour talking about Boca and oh, please. how they can possibly rebuild no um, well, uh, partly I wanted to just mention Boca's rebuilding because some of the stories are slightly amusing um, apparently today they made a 4 million dollar bid for Eber Banega I'm not quite sure whether they're aware how much players are going for in Europe now? I would think Ever mm. Banega is worth a bit more than four million dollars, isn't it?
1: He? He, I think he earns that per year, and they mm. they mm. Uh, want to set, sign him for that money. Then yes, of course that'll uh, be alongside Daniele De Rossi. I'm guessing he's gonna yeah, obviously
2: and, come for a year before going to
0: MLS, and and Gianluigi Buffon and all of the other players that so they're definitely right. going to be signing.
1: But, but only my history of uh, De Rossi searching for a college or a school for the for. Uh, his uh, daughters and saying that that school will be near monumental, so that's a big news. So maybe he's going to sign for River is what you're saying. Maybe. He's enrolling his
0: daughters in the River Plate University Um, and that's what's going to happen apparently. Uh, Don't listen to us because we're taking the piss quite clearly. I I hope it's clear anyway. (laughs) Apparently it's not always, Um, so I just thought I'd better clarify that. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's a sort of an interesting set of names, I suppose. Dario Benedetto is um, said to be possibly on his way to MLS. The General Barresa Gilotto likes him? Oh, yeah. he was. Could yes, he be so. joining Zlatan?
2: It would be an interesting four-part ship. I could see that yeah. that doing, doing all right. More to the point, amazing.
0: though, what's happened to his form recently, because... Since I'm not even gonna, I'm not going to say since the Copa Superliga started. I think it was since probably a couple of weeks before that.
2: But it seems to have just dropped
0: off a cliff compared
2: with. I
1: that mean, he's friends. getting in the right
2: position. Still, he's always there. It's just it happens to strikers sometimes. Uh, they suddenly find they can't hit a bundle with a with a banjo, and yeah, and they have these spells, and then they will score one and get right back. I think it's. It's that for Benedetto, it's a blip. I can see him, on the pitch at least, he's doing everything right, yeah. except for actually putting the ball in the net. So, I don't think it will last... Wait. I mean, especially not now, since we're going into the to a break for everyone everyone locally. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he'll come back. I, don't, I can't see him moving to MLS, especially mid-season, in what would be the US season. Hmm. So, I think at least it was at the end of the year, we'll stick it out of Boca. And... I'm sure I'd do well the second half of the year, I've got no doubt about it.
1: I remember he had four, at least four say, shots in the final against Tyria, and only one was saved by the goalkeeper. The other three were. Yeah, he had the post and the crossbar, didn't he? Post, the crossbar, then, and uh,
0: like uh, Oh, and he had that one that he blasted over after he got through. Mm, yes. Yeah.
1: Uh, so. Yes, he's uh, like. It's a, it's a mix between bad luck and, and of course, not very confident him for, for himself. And there were, apart another other things, which I think we don't agree with that, that there are people that say, yeah, this, that, that's because he mistreated his uh, rivals, like saying, who are you? And it's karma. Yeah. That's, that's definitely how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I think that's a good place
2: to leave it. Football karma is why Benedetto <laughs> is <laughs> not scoring goals. Indeed. He's heading yes. his best.
0: Um, the other name that I've only just seen mentioned, but it's by, a web, it's by the Spanish language version of a website that you work for, Dan. Uh, mm-hmm. It's Javier Pastore who has been linked to River as well I've seen separately um, and apparently Boca want to sign him as well again it seems Who's ambitious Pastore playing now? Roma apparently Roma. Um, e- even you know just like Banega really even for somebody who isn't nailed on for the Argentine national team when maybe at this age and given their trajectory in the game they should be it seems a bit ambitious for an Argentine any Argentine club you know even Boca who were the only one really with any money apart from River um, to want to come in
2: and sign players it's certainly ambitious you yeah. have to see though whether that um, admittedly small sum is for a transfer or a year's line, or whatever because yeah. it could well be that I guess of that
1: well I, I heard that not from to say
2: these rumours
1: have got any credence in them whatsoever but yeah I heard from a TV show which we, we could not uh, believe that 100% but uh, that Angelici wants to or uh, will spend 30 million euros in this transfer window. Taking into account, is the last one since uh, after this uh, transfer window he won't be uh, the president anymore.
2: So we should expect a new bailout from the IMF very shortly. Then,
0: mm. well, either that or Boca are going to sell somebody for 30 or 40
2: million euros. So I'm, s- I'm thinking <laughs> an IMF bailout mm. more likely, and then Matley can just pass a couple. Of
0: the numbers I've oh, you're suggesting that
2: uh, Boca are friendly with the current Argentine government I see That's Only uh, very, very light-heartedly that. and not in a way where well, our should be concerned
0: De- Definitely not in a way that any of our listeners should get annoyed with us on Twitter for, please um, Macri has
2: nothing to do with Lucy and anyone no. who suggests so is um, paying too much attention discarded. Yeah. Uh, shall we give a quick round-up
0: you can hear the keyboard clacking away because I just realised I have the tab up. Um, mm-hmm. Of what's been going on in the lower divisions as well. Yeah, like, why this not? is a rhetorical question. Yes. I'm not really asking, obviously. I'm telling you that we're going
2: to. Um, I believe on Saturday we had the. Good. Was it Saturday or Sunday? It was Saturday, Saturday. I think, yeah. We had the first leg of the Nacional B Reducida final. We did. Um, two teams: Central Corva, who are not from Corva. They're from Santiago del Estero. They are. Playing Sarmiento of Junín for the right to join Arsenal de Sarandí in the final. That game was in Santiago del Estero. It was a cracking atmosphere. It was a very enjoyable game, I must say. Sorry,
0: but to join Arsenal de Sarandí in the Superliga. What did I say? You said the final, so I'm just clarifying. Yeah, the uh, final. This is the finals, yeah. the, the
2: final round of the yeah. uh, Argentine Football Um Yeah, it was very entertaining. Did you catch it? I did, yeah. Good. Then please tell us about it, because I, I didn't watch it. Uh, say, Sendra Gorva started the better team, went up, and then by the end, they were fairly lucky to get away with a 1-0 draw, because Sarmiento came out very strongly. Um, just before the equaliser, actually, Sarmiento's goal... Uh, not Sarmiento. goalkeeper, whose name, obviously, I can't remember. Cesar Taborda. That's the guy. Pulled off a cracking, cracking save from a from a close-range header, um, and yeah, they should uh, should the points. I'm not sure if um, if the second leg's been arranged yet. I've seen a couple of times. According where
0: to Universo Football, it's going to be at ten past five on Saturday. Ten past five on Saturday, lovely. In, in oh, the Estadio Eva Perón, which is Sarmiento's ground. Indeed. Uh, the first leg ended one-one just because I can't remember whether Dan mentioned the exact score Yes, I or did. not. Do away goals count in this? Um,
2: there are fun? no away Don't. goals and there is also no sporting advantage. Uh-huh. So it will go at 90 minutes straight to penalties, as far as I understand. Lovely. I'm just looking at
0: San Riendo starting 11 They've got a couple of names that are going to be familiar to me. Borgichemo Farre, mm-hmm. the Take Alpha Horus um, banner to the 2010 World Cup. when none of us. He, he, Farré was the one who was told to bring up more Carse So Carse Guishamo yeah. Farré played for somebody or other in the no he line. played for
1: Belgrano when Brama. they so made River yes. uh, yeah. be
0: related uh, Shamil Garnier as well is uh, Sarmiento's right back he's a name who might be familiar to some oh and Lucas Landa
2: former Union centre back okay. as well he's played for the yeah. um, a former river favourite in Central Corpo as well uh, at 40 years young is it Ferrari Paolo Ferrari? Paolo Ferrari. Oh, ah, right. He's not, he wasn't in the 11 on
0: the other day. That's why I can't but see him. I think him. he
2: got yeah. on the pitch in the end. I, I can't see him on the bench either. Although this website's
0: not always the most um, reliable for mm-hmm. all of the names, so I'm not going to uh, uh, argue. Ah,
2: that. no. Alexis Ferrero, that's the guy. Ah, Alexis ah, Ferrero. That's the one. Yes. 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 I always get, I've been mixing up Paolo Ferrari and Alexis Ferrero for the best part of a decade. Paolo Ferrari is now a manager, I believe. He is he, he, he is. he was at Rosario Central very briefly.
0: Yeah, he was, and he didn't do very yes. well.
2: Alexis Ferreira, He also played for River, right?
0: Yes, yes he did. Yes. Yeah,
2: I've completely forgotten, but you've just. Um, and
1: also right Atlanta. Yes, hmm? yeah. also Atlanta, right?
2: Very possibly. I think it's probably easier to say which teams hasn't he played for. <laughs> yes. Indeed. It's definitely been de- been treading the boards
0: In the lower lower divisions um, I can't remember whether we've Mopped all of these up But they're the still Primera being played in some cases So the Primera B Which is the third division In spite of the two names Which could either mean The first division or the second division Primera and B uh, The final for that is going to be All boys versus Santelmo And um, so the first leg is at All Boys Stadium, and the second leg is in the rather terrifying neighbourhood of <laughs> Isla Maciel. The um, first leg of that is on the ninth, which is Sunday, isn't it? Yes, it is Sunday. Um, so those two are going to be played a week apart. Uh, first leg kicks off at ten past three in the afternoon on Sunday. Um, similar rules to, to the Bay now. Um, it's going to the... be
2: two feisty games. Um... I must have. <laughs>
0: mm. In the Primera C, they're still at the semi final stage. Uh, Villa San Carlos beat Esportivo Doc
2: Sud 2 0. They previously had beat Berezategui, meaning that the dream of going from avoiding relegation to the D to going up to the B sadly mm. came to nothing and they um, just have to stay in the C. I see. So they
0: they've stayed up though? They, did they, was, they had to play the relegation battle before they went into the promotion I think
2: within three days of the ML. Uh,
0: in the other semi-final first leg, Excursionistas de Belgrano beat Deportivo La Ferrere in the battle of the green and white striped sides. Um, I, when I say beat, what I actually mean is drew with 1-1. I'm not paying enough attention. Uh, so 2-0 for Villa San Carlos against Deportivo Sud. One one in Excursionistas versus Deportivo la Ferrere, uh, the second legs of both of those games are being played. hmm, okay. According to this website, Deportivo doul versus Villa San Carlos is definitely on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Deportivo la Ferrere versus Excursionistas is slated here to kick off at midnight on Saturday, the 8th of June. So whether that's been delayed or whether they just haven't put the right kickoff time in, I don't know. And, and San you mean the, the, the match with San will be home? San Telmo will be at home in the second leg against All Boys. Yeah, that is First the lapis. match in
1: which they will they will play according to Universal Football at midnight. No, <coughs> Ah, the ah the La Ferre de oh. against uh, good
0: good oh. and in the Primera D, which is the fifth division, they're already at the final. It's not kicked off yet. Real Pilar, mm-hmm.
2: who I think we mentioned it's really Bellis. briefly a few weeks it's ago, it's ago, right? about so like they on it, was it was seven it was years old, the newest team yeah? in uh, yeah. in the Argentine. They Fittipi in exist. Copa Argentina. That's right, they did yes. this, yeah.
0: Um, they are playing against Liniers. The first leg of that is on Saturday at Real Pilar stadium, wherever that is. And Pilar? then in the second leg. Uh, oh, no, it's not, sorry, it's at Phoenix's stadium, huh? wherever that is. Pilar. Um, in Pilar. In yes. Pilar. That's going lovely. And then in the second leg, uh, they are playing at Liniers' stadium a week later on Saturday, the 15th of June. Which is not in Liniers, either. It
2: is somewhere outside in La Matanza, I believe. So not that far away, but not that close either. I apologise if you can hear Dan's neighbours apparently
0: torturing their children in the background. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll do something about that, but I don't know what we can, <laughs> really. Uh, the Federal, Ah, eh? Are we going to try and do It this should well? be nearly finished now, right? Pentagonal it would be, you no? Know? Is that right?
2: Uh Or is it the Valley? though? God, this is confusing. <laughs> I shouldn't have done this. And then at least one team have gone up when we mentioned it because of how the referee and hoo hung. I don't know yeah, who else. Yeah, Estudiantes
0: de Rio Cuarto uh, finished yes. top of the pentagonal, the five-team thing. Um, and then there was a Revalida, What's the Revalida? Yeah, there was like, I think oh, the playoffs be between four teams other, other teams, teams or something like that. Like at me, this is confusing. Uh, Quinta fase, fifth stage It's got a red line next to it Which means it's currently live Uh, It finished on Sunday, just gone With Alvarado de del Plata Beating Deportivo Madryn 4-2 After a 0-0 draw in the first leg And in the other game uh, I'm assuming that these are all counted up on aggregate There was a 3, no there wasn't, sorry There was a 4-2 aggregate win as well um, For San Jorge de Tucumán against Defensores de Belgrano de Vicharravacho. Be, yeah. 3-0 to San Jorge in the first leg in Vicharravacho and 2-1 to Defensores de Belgrano de Vicharravacho in the second leg in Tucumán. Um, which therefore means, I assume... I think there'll be a final between them two. Because... there's going to be a final between San Jorge de Tucumán and Alvarado de Mar del Plata, <clears throat> but that appears not to have yet been scheduled. There we go. On that note, I'm going to refill glasses and we're going to take a half-time break. Excuse me while I burp a bit. I've drunk too much tonic water too quickly. Um, And when we come back, we will give you a Women's World Cup and Copa America preview right ahead of Argentina's men facing the might, the international footballing power of Nicaragua on Friday night. Don't go away. One of the things that we're going to talk about now after the break um, is something I forgot to mention just before the break a few seconds ago and that is the under 20 World Cup which we were hoping was going to overlap um, or at least well it is going to overlap but we were hoping Argentina's involvement in it was going to overlap um, with the women's team in the World Cup um, and hopefully if we were really lucky with the grown-up men's team in the Copa America. Mm. Um, but it won't, because they <laughs> fell asleep twice. Uh, Argentina played in one of the more entertaining, I want to say, but I've not caught as many full matches as I would have liked to, um, due to having mm. moved house, basically. Um but it, it was a it was an entertaining game anyway on yeah. any scale whether it was the most entertaining or least entertaining of the last sixteen <laughs> um, it, it was an entertaining game in and of itself. Uh, no, they've it it been good
2: value throughout the tournament, really.
0: Yeah, they finished one one after ninety minutes, two two after one hundred twenty minutes. That's after
2: extra time if you're not very good at maths. Um, yeah. In reality, it was two one after one hundred and twenty minutes. It then was after one hundred twenty one minutes. It was two yeah. one. Um, and
0: then Mali won with, with five very well struck, um, no, four very well struck penalties. One of them was down the middle, wasn't it? And, and the guy jumped out of the way. Or was that one of Argentina's? That was one of Argentina's. Mali won with five very well struck penalties to Argentina's four. Or three really well struck ones, and one that was down the middle, as I said. Um, due to was it Tomás Thomas
2: Chankalai? Thomas, the instead. wonderfully surnamed Thomas Chankalai. Yes,
0: yeah. um, who was in tears, obviously after the game, but shouldn't have been. He, he did his, played his part. Argentina. I mean, the, the 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 heartbreaking thing I always think when you see a team go out of the under twenty World Cup or you know anything uh, that kind of age group is that they're not going to get a chance at that same level to make good on that I mean Pedro de la Vega might because he's only a 20 at the time of the next World Cup but um, apart from that the other players will have either moved up to the big national team the -hmm. big national team or or
1: or won't be involved in international football I heard the other day and I partially agree with uh, what they said that these aren't players that are that junior or that uh, uh, small in, in terms of experience because yeah. uh, uh, you, you have a Sergio barco who, well, now it's at Atlanta United and you will say well, but it's MLS but he scored the penalty and I don't know if it was the last one uh, against uh, Flamengo in Copa Sudamericana mm. the Copa Sudamericana that they won in 2017 and if he had the guts to, to score a penalty or to uh, shoot the penalty on the Maracanã uh, the final, the last penalty you wouldn't say that it's a uh, a guy who doesn't want or doesn't know how to play these matches. It was uh, for Barco, since it, he, he was substituted before the equaliser. yeah.
2: And the best player on the pitch against Yes, army. yes. Best player of the tournament for Argentina, really. Um, alongside a couple of other people for Adolfo Gaich. Everyone just loves saying his name because he can really shout it like an agonised scream. <laughs> Gaich! <Gage>! Yes. <laughs> yeah, all the commentators have really had fun with Gaich. Uh, I've seen some very politically incorrect uh, nicknames for him come up over this over this under twenty World Cup, playing off his first name Madolfo and the fact it, they were playing in in Poland. And, oh yeah. right, I see. Yes, the Panzer name. Tank yep. is one I've seen, and others which I won't uh, dignify with a mention here, but no, they're fairly please. offensive or yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we always have to underline that uh, any youth level. Uh, under 20s and especially at under seventeens the real marker of success is is always going to be seen um, a little bit later um, and it you can really measure it uh, more in how many players kind of develop on and go on to have decent professional careers and especially you know the ultimate uh, measure is how many managed uh, managed to break into the first team and it 's interesting um, I was looking this up a little bit earlier for, um, for an article, which will be coming out in Perfil on Saturday. Uh, just seeing, kind of comparing how many players kind of from each under-20 World Cup team go as far as uh, as a senior team. Obviously, hmm. 2005, 2007, a lot of players. I think it's something like nine of them in in 2005 and seven more in 2007. Um and none went up <laughs> oh, nearly none since then right and nearly none I think the worst has been was the 2015 team which had four plus Alejandro Romero Guamara who is an international but with Paraguay not with Argentina yes but 2017 which was by all accounts a terrible World Cup uh, they've already had about seven players who've who've made a senior level because you've got guys like Lautaro Martinez Lisandro Martinez uh and some other guys who have obviously just now escaped my ah uh, Matias Aracho, the Racing guy, and mm. I don't know if Miranda was in there as well while he was still at Independiente, but it's very possible. But, but there was about six or seven who've who've been blooded in, in this in these recent Argentina games as as Scaloni has looked uh, to bring new new life into the team. Yeah. So as I say um, that. That World Cup in 2017 was looked like an absolute shambles but perhaps with that team and then some from 2019 as well it's gonna it could potentially form the base of a team that could potentially do well in the World Cup in three years and then you've got to see it in a new light. I think always looking at these kind of tournaments just by results is misleading as you saw basically against Mali where Argentina were on top for a great deal of the game and probably should have won... A little bit more comfortably, I, I mean
0: need to I think switch a, off at the end. I think that's a bit harsh on Mali. No, Mali were very to, good as well. To, yeah. to use the old cliche, both teams played their part in a tremendous, well, yes, um, of course. Entertaining game. But the, I mean, the fact is that, yeah, Argentina, it, a more experienced Argentina side, which is, of course, oxymoronic because it's the other 20 World <laughs> yes. Cup, so they're not experienced, that's the whole point. Um, but Argentina's players in future, you would like to think, are not going to, are going to be able to shut a game out more. Um, than more effectively than they managed to do. Um, but, you know, fairly late on, I might, I might even have been during extra time, I, I said, and I wasn't joking, um, that if something happened and, and there were um, emergency call ups needed for the Copa America squad, I wouldn't have complained mm. about Ezequiel Barco, Pedro de la Vega, or Facundo Moura being involved. Um, mm. Moura was flying up and down the right flank from right back the entire game. Yeah. Uh, de la Vega just every time I see De La Vega now for especially for Argentina under 20s I, I struggle to uh, comprehend that he's probably the youngest player on the pitch even at an under 20 World Cup I mean, he's, he's turned
2: 18 now right
0: he is yeah he's 18 just now 18. um yeah. But he is, I think his birthday's in March or something like that. Yeah. So he's going to be eligible still for the next under-20 World Cup. in As, will, time.
2: as will Thiago Almada, yeah. who was probably the most controversial absence from this thing.
0: Yeah, and, and almost none of the, the others who were either involved or yeah. controversially not involved. Um, but he, he just, he's, he's so intelligent. And it's not something that you necessarily, you know, because yeah. he started off with Lanús and, and, and he's largely played for Argentina on the 20s during this tournament as a winger. And so you don't kind of expect a, a degree of, of intelligence <coughs> and vision as well, combined with that skill set and position. And yet, he appears to have it. He, he's, he does. Yes. He's got good tactical
1: awareness and everything. Uh, looks, um, I think so that the, for the kids, uh, the weight of the t shirt of the national team t shirt is heavier than than for the of course the the, the ones who play for the senior, uh, and uh, they they it's like they showed some mixture between uh interesting qualities with naive attitudes or or I- innocent mistakes like the like, like the one that uh, made possible for Mali to 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 draw the game or equalize the game uh, uh because the, the, in that free kick that Mali finally uh, found, found the 2-2 all of the players were looking for Rafa uh, ma- uh being being uh goalkeeper, uh the goalkeeper uh, yes, the, the goalkeeper uh, not paying attention to the to the play, which is of course you say well, national team is something you can't do or you you shouldn't uh, 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 you shouldn't do. But well, they are kids, and you, we can't uh, uh, not say that. But I, I looked, it looked like at least for me that the situation being so close to to advance to the quarterfinals overwhelmed them, and uh, uh, that made them make mistakes, like, like I said, the, in the last play of the match uh, uh, make it impossible for Mali to, to, to draw the game hmm. Indeed, I think one of the most
2: reassuring things, or encouraging things I saw from this team is that, kind of from the, the South American Championships in January to, to this campaign in May, the team actually got better and started looking like a team, which is something very, very strange Argentine youth teams. Um, Usually, they play in in January. All the teams are pretty uh, kind of thrown together at fairly short notice, so it's often very ragged. Individual talent comes out more often, and Argentina generally. Well, of course, they have to get in within the the top four to um, to qualify for the World Cup, so they do all right at least, or all good. and then what we've seen so often is that After the South American Championships finish They just don't bother training again Until mm. about a week before the World Cup um, Look completely ragged As they did in January But against teams who actually know how to play together And and embarrass themselves This time we didn't see that And I'm just kind of hoping This is a signal that At least at youth level Maybe the AFA's got a sack together a little bit Because it seems to be a little bit more of a system there than we've seen at least since probably Beckerman left. I know this is that golden age we were so fond of um, of mentioning on Handa Pod. I'm not saying it's it's all the way there, but it seems to be that there is some sort of progression and, and at least an idea that uh, young players have to train together and and work together in order to play football. which is an advance,
0: and, and I, th- I think there's some of that also feeds into this. Uh you know, we've mocked Cesar Luis Menotti a few times in in the last month or two for suggesting that the national team should have loads more Argentina-based players in it at, at senior level. Um, but I think that there's an element of that which feeds in as well, where if they're all based in Argentina, then you can get them to maybe take half a day out of training with their clubs once every couple of weeks and come and train yes. together. And obviously, you know, it won't work for the Argentine senior national team because the players based in Argentina aren't good enough. For the most part, to be playing international football, and that's why Argentina are at such a disadvantage, um, along with other countries who are not Western European countries, basically.
1: <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, uh, it is, yeah. I think it's. You can you can see it that way or the other way. Of, of course, that uh, sometimes when they play, and it it was seen against Venezuela in the friendly when where there were uh, several players from the local stage that if you don't put them or you don't uh, get them to the national team and, and, and train train like you say, hmm. you will never know whether they, they have the, the, the proper level or not. But at the others, in the other hand, they, they, the only or the few times they do it, uh, they, they show not that very good performances. So it's something, yes, Minotti insists with that idea of having a local or a, or a national team based with players based in Argentina. Yeah. So uh, it's a, it's not a, a new idea, but they never put it into practice. Indeed.
0: Um, the other senior national team uh, who we're going to talk about next are the women who get underway in the Women's World Cup on Monday. Um, they played Japan they are, of course, a fair few of our listeners will already be aware, in the same group as England and Scotland, apart from Japan. Um, England versus Scotland on Sunday lunchtime for us. Oh. That should be an interesting clash to get things started. And then Argentina versus Japan on Monday at 1pm Argentine time, which it's in France, isn't it? So They're five hours ahead, so that's 6pm yes. French time. Uh, I can't remember whether we actually mentioned the score of the friendly in San Luis, um, a Week ago, May the 23rd, oh, two weeks ago. God, must have mentioned it. They they won 3 1 anyway. Um, that we, we, as Dan just said during a short bit that I just had to cut, it feels like we've been talking about it a lot because that was the friendly whose venue was temporarily thrown into doubt by that horrific violence at a local league game. Um, but anyway, yeah, Argentina's women are now in France, they played a preparatory friendly against Long Beach University. who are not a French university but are an American university um, the other day they won 2-1 and it looks as if it's going to be a fairly standard four-four-two formation for them <laughs> Nathalie Juncos who is the American based um, clubless player who I spoke to on Twitter a few weeks ago who I think I mentioned uh, is looking like need to start um, right back at least she did against Long Beach University and um, but obviously you would think that Soledad Jaimes is going to start up front and she didn't play in that game so who knows
1: and Magdalena Sanchez is there also or uh,
0: she is I think yes she wasn't in the squad she wasn't in the starting 11 sorry for for that game the other day um, but yeah um, but anyway good luck to the women I would try uh, I'd like to try and get Tony on at some point at least during the World Cup because he obviously knows much more about the women's national team than, than we do Um, hopefully now that I'm living much closer to where he lives that will be possible in a couple of weeks time but we shall have to see realistically Argentina probably aren't going to get out of the group I mean England are one of the favourites for the tournament Japan are also one of the favourites for the tournament and won it fairly was that the last women's world cup or the last but one that they won I have no idea um so realistically, Argentina probably aren't going to get out of the group. But the you know it, 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 it'll be an interesting one to watch. And it's coming at a very interesting time, generally speaking, for female football um, in Argentina.
1: We are going to have to fight against the people or the supporters, male supporters, that if Argentina go out of the World Cup, like you say, in the uh, group stage, they will say, yeah, you, you see that the, uh, female football is, is useless and... Um, yeah, and, and I mean that, and that's the frustrating
0: thing because I mean, as I say, realistically speaking, Argentina are got to go out in the in the group stage. Um, they're, they're with they're in the same group as two of the strongest teams in the competition. So it's I, I've no idea how good Scotland are. Um, if, if you're if you're Scottish and Scotland are actually really good as well, then then I apologise. But my understanding um, from the relatively limited amount of women's football that we're able to watch down here uh, is is that England and Japan are. are you know, among the favourites for, for the World Cup. Um, and so it, it's going to be massively surprising if Argentina can can get more than one decent result, really. Um, yeah. Added into the fact that they're still amateurs. Yes. I mean, San Lorenzo's players have already signed their professional contracts and they're not, technically speaking, um, amateurs we, anymore. But really none of San Lorenzo's f- players are involved in the squad.
1: And we'll have to follow <clears> that uh, in order to see whether really they're really... Uh, professional players, at least 8, like it was mm. uh, stated, because uh, uh, the promise or the the announcement was done, then you have to look whether that is really yeah. real or not. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, as I said, when we talked about San Lorenzo
0: handing up the contracts, I would like to think that that adds some pressure on the other clubs, the fact that San Lorenzo decided to put their own money in as well and, and make it 15 professional contracts instead of 8, uh, going beyond what the AFA was subsidising. Um, but we will have to wait and see because the other clubs have not yet announced their um, contract signings. So, watch this space. Uh, The other national team who, to be honest, I'm probably expecting the least of because the under-20s went out with some, you know, dignity and with their heads held high. Um, With the women, we're not expecting very much, but there's no pressure and it's fantastic that they're there and that they're getting the chance to represent
1: Argentine women's football. Um, And with the men... The proper, the, the, yeah. the old Messi, Messi himself said that Argentina is not a candidate, so yeah. if Messi says that... Eh. Indeed. Um,
0: it's, it's just a little bit... There's been a tiny, tiny little glimmer of hope maybe introduced <coughs> today with the news that Neymar is going to miss the competition. Do, does that mean that suddenly not only it's no longer going to be a case of Brazil being the only decent team, but everybody just being a bit crap at the Copa America. And that throws it open to the field, right? That means Argentina... Nah,
2: Brazil has still got lots and lots of talent there to, uh, to bring.
1: There, there were any Uruguayan injured players? Well, Luis, Suarez,
2: Luis Suarez is coming back right, on the, right. right on, the, on the clock. Okay, so we're
0: hoping that he's going so. chip one of his biting teeth or something um, just before it kicks off. But... We're ha- I know that we've talked about it in, in, in passing in the last few weeks, but realistically we're thinking quarterfinals would be dignified. The semi-final would be over the moon for Argentina, right?
2: It all depends really on on this first game against, against Colombia, I think. Yeah. Because... On um, paper, you would think that should decide who wins the group. Yeah, and, yet, and winning the group is going to mean theoretically at least you're on the other side of the draw to Brazil hmm. and then I think if Argentina are on the other side of the draw they should be aiming for the final um, so yeah this this first game against Colombia is going to be huge and to be honest like we don't really know what to expect apart from not that much because I think we probably we know I think we have a decent idea of, of what the team's going to be but how that team is actually going to play together we don't really have a clue I mean there's going to be at least two players in it uh, Angel de Maria and Sergio Aguero, who've never played on the Scaloni um, mm-hmm. and they're very important players Messi what he played did he play the full 90 minutes against Venezuela or did he come off he played the, he full 90, the whole yeah. game and then he went home for the yeah. other game so Messi has 90 minutes uh, Otamendi who's almost certainly going to play I think he might have played one of the friendlies back in 2018, but this year he hasn't played a single one. Um, there's going to be a high level of uh, of improvisation to to the team, um, but you know we're going to
0: get could, a sneak. Something could happen. We're going to get a sneak look at it because on Friday night, uh, Friday night, Argentine time, very early hours of uh, Saturday, if you're in the UK or. or Indeed, anywhere else in Central or Western Europe, um, they play in San Juan against the might, as I said earlier, of Nicaragua. Mm. Um, one of the hallmarks of Lionel Galoni's reign as manager so far has been Argentina playing friendlies against teams who win, lose or draw. You can't possibly learn anything from. I just I don't understand the logic of playing sides to like a hundred places or however. The- not far <laughs> down they are I'm exaggerating slightly for you know to, to demonstrate how exacerbated I am well they've
2: but played genuinely... at least against Brazil against Colombia yeah, Venezuela yeah, they... Morocco right in the last, exactly. the last couple the, I mean, of games
0: how, how much can Argentina learn from a friendly against a side well, like Morocco we all know Venezuela what the purpose of, the of,
2: the of these friendlies are now yeah, to yeah, get no, people I mean, in the stadium precisely get a really nice cool. 4 or 5 goal win get people excited By By but, the way, but, yeah.
0: but my point is that it's, especially now in, in we, we've just today been watching uh, or, or, well, I, I was half watching the, the semi finals of the Nations League involving England, where you know, John Stones um, decided to turn it into something out like of a comedy sketch show and hand it to the Netherlands an extra time. Um, but in, in a, a modern footballing world where UEFA already has most of the advantages anyway because of the way that the economy and the footballing world works when it comes to putting the national teams together and is deciding to do something else and create a new competition, which, okay, is taken with varying degrees of seriousness and, and none of those degrees being massively serious at the moment, um, but seeks to provide some kind of structure and competitive outline to what were previously just friendlies where people wouldn't take them seriously and all the rest of it. How much does it serve any country in South America To be playing, I mean, but especially a country in South America that ought to be aiming slightly higher, you know, like Argentina or Brazil indeed are, um, by playing a side like, no disrespect, but by playing sides like Nicaragua in friendlies right before, okay, this one's right before the tournament. I can understand playing a warm-up against a team who you're not expecting to give you too many problems. But I mean, some of the friends they've played well, on the side... You see, like, I, well, yeah. I will say as well.
2: I will say that this um, this can also backfire, as Chile mm-hmm. are finding out right now. They are one nil down to the equally mighty uh, Haiti. Precisely. I mean, <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> and, and, so you can either end up with shit all over your face. Yeah, and it's and a lose you lose possibly situation. Possibly not learn
1: honestly. an awful lot. Yeah. And by the way. Who well, you
0: just thrash them, you win 5 or 6, sorry Andres, but you can win 5 or yes. 6 nil and, and still not learn anything either, because okay, well you've just thrashed Nicaragua 6-0 at home, so yes. what, who cares about well that? Carry on Andres, sorry.
1: Paraguay, who are in the group of Argentina, have drawn against Honduras. But Honduras are pretty good, that's a better marker than,
2: than Nicaragua at least, yes. uh, among the, the top five the teams of CONCACAF.
0: Um, Argentina's group, of course, consists in the Copa America, consists of Colombia, as Andres says, Paraguay, and Quater, um, who I have a horrible feeling about because obviously it's something that we mentioned at the time, not very many fans in South America seemed aware of it, might get a nasty surprise you when mean? it starts, but the two invited um, teams to this year's Copa America, Quata and Japan, were the two finalists in the recent Asian Cup and I can't help but think that in Japan come with a certain amount of football tradition they've been at World Cups people have seen them play I can't help but think that somebody in Group B in Argentina's group is going to have something nasty happen to them because they get complacent playing in Esquator and the fans end up disappointed let's say
1: it's possible it looks like there aren't any hard rivals or, or teams right now available to play with because Well, we have already watched the uh, England defeat against uh, Hmm. Holland in the uh, UEFA National League and uh, Uruguay plays uh, tomorrow against Panama, which of course could be better than Nicaragua but uh, they aren't that strong teams that you could also learn no. anything from.
0: But I mean the other thing uh, we, we're just you know, so we've got ESPN on in the background at the moment and they're showing a few highlights of some of Argentina's other recent friendlies and they just mm-hmm. showed one of them yes. so mm-hmm. right now they're showing the Russia one or, or rather they're showing Scaloni's reactions to things but you can tell which <laughs> game it is because they've got the score up in the top corner uh, but they have just one that i completely forgot about they played Guatemala as well a few months ago mm-hmm. and again it, it's I mean, what, are they just and Morocco, going around and picking everybody out of Central America who didn't qualify for the World Cup because they're pants? And Morocco, uh, side, yeah. and Morocco in a match Belize?
1: in which there was a lot of wind, in, you won't find that, well, we know in Brazil whether you will find that, or perhaps heavy rains, but yeah. uh, yes, that match was particularly, uh, well, impossible to look, to watch, because uh, the wind, and, and of course that's not an excuse, uh, Argentina played awfully, uh, winning 1-0, with a late goal uh, that was celebrated like a goals goal score for a, a Copa America, perhaps. Yes, was that Icardi? No, I think it was.
0: It was one of the strikers who's not played much, wasn't it? Who scored and, yeah, celebrated yeah. like a mentalist. Yes. But
1: um, I just. In, uh, <laughs> and today, <laughs> if, if, oh no, the other day was engage, a, a, another news which perhaps you will say, well, it was necessary someone like him in national team but Scaloni called up Guido Pizarro to complete the 23 players because Exequiel mm. uh, Palacios became injured
0: Guido Pizarro who was not in the list of 40 players uh, as the preliminary squad I mean, yes. great are we <laughs>
1: expecting anything from that? is he going to play? that makes, that yeah. makes Scaloni confess that he was wrong before because if now he calls up someone who wasn't in his plans before uh, perhaps it's necessary some, someone like him to be along with Guido Rodriguez if he's there mm. um.
0: yeah um, we'll see what happens I guess I, I would much rather have seen Lucas Menossi <laughs> yes. called up if he was going to call up somebody who wasn't in the in the um, list of 40 anyway at least uh, we
1: know how he was playing uh, yeah, these
0: days really really well yes. uh, Guido Rodriguez might be fantastic but I just
2: <laughs>
0: Why not named him in the preliminary? Lucas Menesi should was have it. moved
1: to a, another team one month before and now he will be there. Yeah. Because it's mm-hmm. similar to what happened to Matias Suarez. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, definitely. And if, if, if he'd signed for
0: Bocco or River in, in January, then he would definitely uh, be in that squad now, I think. Uh, assuming, of course, that he kept up the level. Yes, that he yes. was uh, showing, um, but
1: yeah, anyway, because Matias Suarez kept that level, and he made well not him uh, him alone, but made River win Recopa Sudamericana, a, a minor title, but a title, um, yes, because the other, the last time we mentioned the Recopa. Uh, and that title made will be the most winner in history.
0: We actually mentioned it on Hand of Pod extra mm-hmm. last yes. time because we managed to get through the whole of the last two episodes of Hand of Pod without mentioning that the Copa, the, the Re Copa Sudamericana was being played. We were so um, close to kicking up that. Yes unbeaten um, streak yeah I, I did thanks Andreas now I, we have to talk about this bullshit competition I, but
1: I did then talk about
0: I mentioned the full time score uh, after last uh, week's yeah. um, um, recording Claudio
1: is celebrating five years since he became the, the, the coach yeah. he's,
0: he's done alright in that time um, so it's a leader. indeed yes um, but uh, yeah it, it's um, it's obviously a pretty meaningless competition to at least two of us sitting around this table if you want to know Andres' opinion then you'll have to listen to last week's Hand of Pot Extra mm. in which he gave it um, very briefly um, but yeah well done I suppose
1: well I, I could I could sing We Are The Champions from Queen that <laughs> one I, I, I am not doing that no, So that one penis.
0: No. Um, on that note I think we can say that we've wrapped up because we've started just talking about nonsense now are you know,
1: do any
2: listeners questions? oh listeners questions
0: <laughs> I knew there was something I was forgetting well done Dan uh, we've had some questions budget. from our wonderful listeners. I love you all very much, and that's why I totally forgot that you uh, tweeted some questions in. Um, they begin with... Sorry about this, but I've got to scroll up to try and find the spot. Here we go. Robert says, do you think that Igaloni will experiment during the Copa America and, um, and do players who rose to brackets relative stardom such as Rodrigo de Paul have a chance at
2: a starting spot? I mean by necessity he's going to experiment because he doesn't have a, a first team that's played together regularly and and knows how to play together so it will be an experiment there's no way around that. Uh, de Paul, I think he's not far away from the first team there's not a huge amount of players in front of him, he's in the squad obviously we'll have to watch uh, the Colombia game first, I think the likes of Paredes and Lochelso, Roberto Barreira, are a little bit ahead right now in, in that position. But if they don't click or if Argentina need a goal, I've, I've been quite impressed with De Bola. He's, he's coming to the Argentina team, he's shown a few interesting things. So I think at least as, as kind of a sub in the last half hour of games, he'll, he'll be featuring.
0: Yeah. Uh, Peter put out a tweet yesterday. Um, in which he said uh, he was getting it from some source or another, obviously, and I'm not sure which media source it was, uh, but he gave an idea of what the, the likely starting 11 would be. Um, unfortunately, I copied and pasted it to my cousin because my cousin's involved in a predict the starting 11 competition with his work during the Copa America. Um, so he said, uh, according to Peter, the likely starting 11 at the moment is Franco Aramani which is interesting in light of Esteban Andrada's recent blues in goal. Um, A back four of Renzo Sarabia, Germán Petzela, Nicolás Otamendi and Nicolás Tagliafico.
2: No no real surprises there, Um, um,
0: A midfield three of Giovanni Lo Celso, Guido Rodriguez and either Roberto Pereira or Leandro Paredes of the names that you just mentioned there, Dan, mm-hmm. and a front three of Lionel Messi, Sergio Aguero, and Angel Di Maria. <laughs> I'm fairly underwhelmed by that.
2: As I say, it looks all right on paper, but we yeah. don't know how they're going to
0: play. ESPN yeah. a few minutes ago yeah. was showing a, a predicted starting eleven with three of the names highlighted in red and saying that these guys could be replaced by other people. And I think that was just for tomorrow's 3-1. game on Nicaragua. Tomorrow's yeah. game against Nicaragua, but um, against, yeah. watch this space. Indeed. Um, as for whether Depal has a chance that starts, but as Dan said, he might play his way in if if they start poorly. But, so, but realistically, I think I heard
1: possible. some uh, things that that Chiqui Tapia said. Uh, the of course president of AFA said mm. these days, in which he stated that uh, the the most important thing for Argentina is, of course, look for the quarter 2022 uh, World Cup. But at the same time. Uh, when he was asked, asked whether Scaloni will continue after the Copa América, he said, "Well, results are the ones who are uh, most important in football right now. So it's like quite contradictory because if you say that the project is a long-time project, which in Argentina is hard to believe, and say that the, the World Cup 2022 is the most important, that you uh, look for Copa América as a..." Uh, a tournament to prepare for that World Cup, and then you say, but the results are the ones who write." who, 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 this now, this time is the most important thing, well, it's like a bit contradictory, but, so, uh, anyway, like Dan said, it's something that it's impossible to miss, to, to experiment, because uh, that one, that amount of matches to preview a solid base or, or solid team to look for.
0: Yeah, uh, Liam Kelly says hindsight's great, but would Jorge Almiron still be at San Lorenzo if he had looked more into the reserves? Given that they've just won the league and cup double, he couldn't have done any worse. I don't think. I'm <laughs> um, really not Frank praise, yeah. or something like that. Low to clear. I think that's what I was going for. Um, yeah,
2: maybe, maybe.
0: Yeah, as I say. <laughs> yeah. Um, Little Bird me, yeah. says, What is your favourite ludicrous transfer rumor of the window? Mine is that River want to bring Manuel Lancini back. Yeah. I'd have to that go for one the Rossi, Rossi to yeah. Boca. has to be the, the winner, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Lancini, Falcao, Iwain recently was uh, another. Well, this guys are linked with River
2: every single transfer window.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's basically the, the media just
0: with the Talking big five they yeah. just go yeah so let's uh, just talk about yeah. one of the big five Bring about one of their ex-players so so Taro Martínez perhaps
2: coming back to, to Racing for six months hmm. um,
0: but no I think my well, favourite is Daniela de Rossi to, to yeah. Roma uh, well, right. to Bocca Taro to Racing
1: no. is more believable than, no, than not not the Boca <laughs> what would he want to come back to I, I I mean, <laughs> after one year a decent year in Italy you'd have to be fucking but if they would have said lautaro Martínez to Boca I would say Come on, but nah. the rushing, I say it's impossible, but no chance, no chance. To. Liam also
0: says, Will Sarmiento banish the ghost of losing last season's playoff final and this season's title uh, mm-hmm. tiebreaker and get promoted? Personally, I'd love to see a team from Santiago del Estero in the top flight.
2: I think we all do because it's going to make for a really difficult scheduling conflict in summer because Santiago <laughs> is.
1: Yes. Yes. Pretty
2: much the hottest place on earth um, From January to March I think just give them all of their home games In August and September It's not a bad idea actually yeah. um, I mean and they'd then, have to play at yeah. 10 in the evening 11 in the evening With drinks breaks It's going to be interesting to watch Yeah luckily, be. Of course they have been playing in, uh, On the other hand
0: From the scheduler's point of view They'll finally be able to justify Those 9.30 kick-offs Which they stopped doing A couple of seasons ago Indeed um, What a shame Football Paradox isn't still with us. So. Um, Liam also says <coughs> I'm going to call it now Tigre and Racing will battle it out for the inaugural Super Copa Superliga which will probably be held in Mendoza we've not heard anything about a, a Supercopa Superliga actually being played um, surely they'll do it though. but yeah it would be surprising given again that we're in South America and the Super Cups are like the mm-hmm. only thing anybody cares about apparently um, Any, anything the, with
1: Super it's yeah. possible indeed yeah.
0: Um, Perfect Tommy says what are some of your favourite Argentine football shenanigans from over the years Geraldo Escobar chaining himself to the AFA's
2: front door comes to mind this was uh, Sarmiento de Residencia vice president I think we mentioned it a couple of weeks back yeah uh, no
1: this Caruso Lombardi fighting with Fabian Garcia was uh, yeah pretty mm-hmm. much
2: anything Maradona's ever done from shooting with an air rifle at journalists to allegedly doing cocaine in Pope John Paul II's bathroom, which is apparently one of the revelations that's come out in this new documentary. My word. Ah, um, oh, this turns anything to do with uh, Coco Basile as well and,
1: and his crew. And Merle also. Merle and yeah. his rum flowers and it's something that he doesn't like very much. Yeah, I'm
0: not... I'm... I'm Struggling a bit. I have a bad memory for this sort of stuff <laughs> until I'm reminded of it.
2: Um, there was so, one um, involving our next racing player, Turco Garcia, Clavio Garcia, who after, uh, I think either after or in his final years of playing, um, developed quite a serious kike habit and decided while in in the middle of one of these kite manias it would be a good idea to buy a parrot and he essentially, I can't remember all the details of the story, but he, he does it in his autobiography. It was basically him coked off his tits, and a parrot kind of parroting back everything he said, and they pretty much just drove each other crazy. And it's wow. it's a fantastic piece of literature to to hear about it, like a Mundo and the Monkey, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Only with an animal
0: that can actually talk back. Sounds fascinating. Indeed. Um, that is all of the listeners' questions. Actually, we've, we've had a couple of replies from a listener called Demos who decided to reply to Perfect Tommy's um, tweet. He said... So his suggestions were the day that the AFA vote ended in a draw, 70... What was yes. it? 70, 75 people and it ended 34, 34? No, moment. 38, 38, <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. yeah yes. that makes more sense. Uh, Rodolfo D'Onofrio walking onto the Bombonera pitch after the pepper spray incident in the Bombonera. Um... And he also says, I remember a pig's head being chucked onto the field but don't remember the game. I, I pointed yes. out to him, I think he's getting confused with Luis Yes, Figo.
1: It was a vocal river in which River uh supporters uh showed the, a big pig. Yes, that, an, an inflatable
0: uh, pig and yes. the um stadium announcer was forced yes. to say, Please take the pig down or the <laughs> second half comes. That was hilarious, but that, that was um, the one that I was just reminded of when I said it and I, after I pointed out that I think he's getting mixed up with Luis Figo's return to Barcelona for Real Madrid when they chucked a pig's head at him on the field when he was about to take a corner he said yes I was I'm thinking of a chicken that one of the fan bases threw onto the field against a Chilean team <laughs> I can't remember that at all
2: Sounds like something Boca would do against River possibly
0: Maybe but River aren't Chilean But they are chickens Might he be thinking of Godoy Cruz? possibly. That's a joke for our Argentine listeners about people from Mendoza being Chilean. It's possibly slightly offensive if you're from Mendoza, so I apologise if you are. But anyway, on that note, we're going to wrap up for this week. Uh, Hopefully not having offended any of our listeners. Please come back next week. Uh, We'll probably be back next week. I I said to the guys earlier, I might decide to give us a week off next week because... Having moved a week and a bit ago, my living room is still a bit of a tip, so I might decide to, to give myself an evening where I can, I've i got time to just go through and, and start clearing stuff so that hopefully in two weeks' time we can record. But I think the more likely situation is that we will record either here or at my new place. And
2: do a proper Copa America And do a proper now. Copa so America preview. Talking about other teams maybe other than Argentina as well. Yes, indeed, and, and maybe
0: as well. Hopefully talk about at least Argentina's first game in the Women's World Cup as well. Um, so we'll probably you'll hear from us again next week mm. for now thank you very much indeed for listening for this long and goodbye from Andres thank you goodbye English Dan thank you and night. and me thank you and goodbye